Hello and welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughnecks Cars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me is a man who has a house of himself and is enjoying it, but has a sprained foot. Shannon Duran II. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I you got the house to yourself? You get to relax a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I get to limp around the house by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm all right, though. I mean, I stepped on a nail on Wednesday at work. Ah, so. oh, that sucks. It wasn't deep, but it's just that niggling, annoying pain where you can't really walk straight and your foot tenses up, and so your foot's, the muscles in your foot are all like, like a big knot. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's, that really sucks. Uh, but it's okay, though. I, I think I'm, I'm hanging in there. Uh, wife and son are away for the weekend, so he can spend some Halloween time with his cousins. I ain't too bad. Yeah. Ain't too bad. It's Halloween here, and you can see there's no decoration or nothing. Yeah, no. I, it's not the fact that I don't celebrate Halloween. I'm just too lazy to put stuff on. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not that big on celebrating Halloween. I'm like, hey, happy Halloween, great. And I'll have a bowl of candy by the door in case some kids show up, but not that big on it. <laughs> <laughs> every every year I dressed up as a soccer player for Halloween. That's what to tell you. <laughs> Who's your favorite one? <laughs> oh, I just got to notice now. I just dressed up as a Brazilian soccer player because I always had a Brazil jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just find some blue shorts and throw on some white long socks and be like, I'm a Brazilian soccer player. Here you go. <laughs> oh, so lazy. All right, man. Well, today is our last episode of Ruby City 93 for the season. Yeah. It's kind of been weird. Like, we didn't quite know how things were going to work out with COVID. We didn't know if we were going to have a season. Uh, we ended we, up finally having a season, season, only to find out that we're not having a finals. At, at either stage. <laughs> we went from last weekend thinking like, oh yeah, well, Friday we're going to, you know, watch the League One final. And day. we're going to get to watch it as a neutral. And, nope. Nope. <laughs> Sniff it. So for those who don't know, the League One final between Union Omaha and Greenville uh, got canceled. To straight up cancel, not postpone or anything because Union Omaha came back with multiple cases of COVID. Yeah. First and foremost, it ain't nothing to play with. Like we hope those people that were infected um, hope they get better. Hope they feel better. But it is kind of disappointing to see. But I've seen talk on Twitter of people putting an asterisk or trying to put an asterisk besides Greenville title. I'm like, I, I mean, I'll answer your thoughts. But to me personally, like, this is 100% like Greenville earned this title. They earned the league title. And and I, I, I don't know, in my opinion, because I, I got a question for you. Who's up? If we had beat Chattanooga last week, and then all of this went down. How would you be feeling? Well, first of all, it would have been canceled. Because <laughs> we all got the Rona. I know. But what if, for example, there was an issue with Greenville and they had to cancel? Mm. See, in that case, it's different, then. I, I, I don't think so. Because you got to look at it this way. I will yes, go. Greenville ran away with the league really early. But the U.S. Open Cup champion is not always the MLS champion, is it? Just because you do good and 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 not the the one the team that wins the supporter shield is not always the team that wins the MLS Cup. I believe this is is his own podcast. The finals the finals is 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 magic in in itself. It's always gonna be magic. And we've got to look at it this way. Imagine the kickers had beat Chattanooga. 
I would be upset because I'd be like, yeah, if Chattanooga, uh, Greenville ran away with the league, but guess what? During the league season, we beat Greenville. Yeah. So at the end of the day, anything can happen. And I, I just feel that at that point, it's got to be like, okay, if you are the champions, back it up in the finals, in the one that, that, that counts. It's the game that counts. Yeah, that's true. But they're also like, they're, I mean, Lee will kind of cover themselves in glory in the fact that the way how Greenville kind of ran away with the league and then they announced Greenville's champion because they did it based on points per game. Yeah. So it was kind of just like, all right, you well, Greenville, <laughs> you're, you're the title. Right? Greenville just they, they were a you runaway know? train very early on, yeah. And then, and you, I, I personally am not mad that they named Greenville champions. I'm more so feeling like, could we have just rescheduled it, waited until it's and see, and that's up, the thing, and then just try again because we did. We've been doing that all season. Yeah. There have been games that have been postponed because of COVID. They they wait. They they do what they need to do. They quarantine who they need to quarantine. They do what they need to do until no one's testing positive anymore, and then we go. And then we have a rescheduled game. So if this one being the most important one, the finals, I'm thinking to myself, should we have done the same thing here? Or they just done and dust and say, oh, that's it. League's done. Well, see, the thing <laughs> that I was saying was that since it, was, it wasn't like it was one player or one or two people, it was like multiple people. So I don't know the exact number of how many mm. on the Omaha, but what I was seeing was that it would take two, three weeks for everyone to self-isolate, glad they passed through. Yeah. And then by that time, like contracts, I think they end around November 1st. So yeah. did you get in that whole thing of like you're playing without a contract or do you sign an extension? Like how does that work? It was just easy just to call it what it was. And then the other bombshell that dropped today is a whole bunch of bombshells Yo, that they, dropped this we weekend. got. I was thinking to myself, geez, we got so much to talk about today. And you we actually, haven't even gotten to the actual review yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm going to let y'all know, this episode is going to be long. It's going to be long. I know one. some people don't like long episodes, but this one's going to be long. Just, uh, Just bear it, with us. Pause it and come back to it later. So, But if you want to sit and listen throughout the whole thing, go grab your popcorn. If you sit and listen to this whole podcast, you are a star. You are. <laughs> <laughs> go get um, go get some popcorn and a soda and sit down, relax, kick your feet up, and let's go. <laughs> right. So USL Championship just came out today and said they're not playing their final either because multiple people, including the coach of Tampa Bay Rowdies, caught COVID. Which is like it's mind-boggling as the fact that like we had a whole playoff. Like, and no one had a COVID case, from what I understand. And then, like, we get to the finals of League One in the championship. And now, one team on both sides of it caught Corona, which is, like, mind-blowing. It so, instead crazy. of, instead, and I think it's the same case as the League One, instead of them waiting to get the cases cleared, they were just like, look, we're just going to name you East and West Conference Champions, conference champions yeah. keep it away. Which, in the same time, I'm kind of just like, if if they did that at the beginning of the year and just said, like, look, we're not going to have, like, a uniform USL championship final. We're just going to have East and West play each other. Because that's what they do already. Yeah. It's not like there's intermixing between the, play, between the teams unless it's the US Open Cup. Yeah. We're just going to have the East and West champion. If they would have said that from the beginning, I think it wouldn't be as much yeah. hysteria. But since it's a cancel final. Uh, another thing... 
a USL League One final and a USL Championship final are two different things because you have to look, like you said, they're playing the teams in their conference all season. Yeah. It's, you never know what you're going to get when you have two teams that have never faced each other play. You never know what you're going to get. However, with League One, it's like, imagine, now imagine again, I know it's, 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 it's heartbreaking every time. It's like ripping off a band-aid every time. Imagine again the Richmond Kickers are in the finals against Greenville. It's like there's some unfinished business there. So there's that drama that adds to the final. I mean, and, you know, and, and it's, 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 it, with the with championship, it's like, yeah, Rowdies versus Tampa. D- d- versus Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, I said Tampa. Right? They've never faced each other all season. They've stayed in their conferences. And now it's like strangers meeting when... Before, you know, with Greenville and Kickers or Union Omaha and Greenville, it's like, yeah, we, when we played, there was some unfinished business in the previous game during the season that now we've got, we've, now we can settle this yeah. score. And it, I, mean, I think both it gives a different, yeah. finals kind of had their own storyline to it. Because you look at League One, it was a storyline of like, can Greenville finish it? Can they, yes, can, can they finish it? After, you know, after, after last so year, getting well. to the final, didn't do it. For Union Omaha, it was, this is your first year. You've been throwing yourselves as we're the team that can, you know, that win can the, do something. Yeah, can do something. Can you do it in championship? It was Phoenix Rising, the whole debacle of the homophobic racial slur that happened against San Diego, San Diego Loyal. Mm-hmm. A player getting suspended, the coach being suspended because he pretty much condoned the use of a homophobic slur. Like that's what happened. Yeah, for Tampa Bay, it was more of we went to Louisville, knocked them off, and they've always been that team that. They always been that team that was good enough to get there, but you didn't know if they can take that next step. And they finally took that next step and get into the final. So it was like you had interesting storylines either way. Yeah, all the way through. So yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see, but first and for first and foremost, like safety is more important than anything else. Yeah, it's it's it. I think I think if you if if you want to get technical, I don't know if. How many people are gonna want to go and watch a finals live in mid December? <laughs> hey man, you be surprised. It's like, look, I'm doing my Christmas shopping. I ain't got look, time. <laughs> man, look, if I people can sit, sit out there outside, in the cold, if people can sit outside for a football game, yeah, exactly. You can sit outside for a soccer game. Like, yeah. that's not an excuse. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> that is that's the even part of the news that we're done. So we got that out of the way. Okay, that's now all we the call, league stuff. Now let's come home. <laughs> come home. <laughs> First and foremost, which one do you want to start off with? The retirement or the surprise stepping down? I'm good. Let, let's get the stepping down out of the way. Then we'll right. talk about the team. That's the so the news yesterday broke that Matt Spear, who was the GM in year one when we went to League One, and in year two became the president, is stepping down from the Richmond Kickers. And that in itself was like a bombshell because that came out of far left field. <laughs> I had I was confused. When I saw that, I I had to read it twice because I was like, "Wait, what?" It 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 was weird. <laughs> it was weird. And I mean, in the press release, they kind of said like he's separated away to be with his family. Um, and I believe that his his family, for the most part, is still down in the North Carolina area. Oh, so I mean, hey, look, I hundred percent understand it. Go be that, with your family. Exactly. Go be no, a dad. Family like, first. You know, you can find another job wherever. 
I mean, you, you only you, get one time to be a dad. Yeah. You, I'm not a father yet. I don't know these kinds of things. No, yeah. it's, it's true, though. <laughs> it's true, though. Because at the end of the day, there have been a lot of things that um, in these past, uh, this past year and a half, two years that I have turned down because I've, I've thought to myself, look, family first. I need to put my family first. I need to be there for my child. I need to be there for my wife who's taking care of my child. Um, it's, it, 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 for me, I've, I grew up in the mindset of family first. Yeah. Um, my parents made sure to instill that in me and my sister that family always comes first. So if this is the reason, then... I'm not confused anymore. <laughs> no, no. And I mean, also, like, to be real, Spirit did a lot of great things within Richmond Kickers. He was a, a person that actually listened to the supporters group. Yes. Um, He might have done it in a way that might have rubbed people the wrong way sometimes, but, I mean, he was a listener. He was at least trying something. He yeah. was at least making moves. Yeah, you know. Whether you agree with the moves or not, or whether you agree that the moves were made in the right way or not, he was making moves. Yeah. And and just like I mean, I, who who said it? Cannot bust said. Movement in any direction is progress. So at the end of the day, even if you don't like what's happening, there is progression happening. There is something. The kickers are moving in a direction. That we're not staying stagnant and saying, "Yeah, we're the old boys and we're just gonna sit here." Yeah. You know. And I mean, look, <laughs> like we had the conversations of last year. The kickers didn't fold. No. There was a time period, like, two years ago, we were like, are we going to be around? <laughs> and, I mean, Spear, Ucrop, 22 holders all came around, kind of got the kickers back and organized. Last year wasn't a great year on the field, but we saw some of the stuff that was happening In around the front it. Office. Front office, around yeah. the stadium. Spear's been kind of at the forefront of it, bringing partners in. So, the kickers are a healthier club for that. Yeah. And to that, I got to say, you know, thank you, because you didn't let the club fold when yes. you watched. So that's a success to my Yeah, and I, I, I do feel that COVID really put a damper on some of the progresses. Really put a damper on, not, not put a damper on the progresses, but put a damper on showcasing the progress. Yeah. Because there has been a lot of progress that we haven't been able to see because of what happened with COVID and all of the, all yeah, of the, crazy the, stuff. the craziness that we had to deal with for the past <laughs> few months. But, um, like, for example, just, I, I know it, it to, to some people it may seem like, okay, whatever, but just, just that aspect of the, you know, the red strobe lights in the stadium, the way that the, 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 the terrace over in the top has been kind of paved out and looks cleaner, looks better, more presentable. I'm still not a big fan of the fact that you can see the field from everywhere, but, I mean, that's I don't just think you're going to get over that. <laughs> I, I'm not, because at the end of the day, that's what makes people pay attention to the game, in my yeah. opinion. If if you can take a look over, just turn your head and take a look and see what's happening and still talk and chat with your friends, you're not there for the game. This isn't baseball. <laughs> 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 I know people are going to say shots fired, but let's be honest. I mean, I'm people... trying my hardest not to just bust out laughing. <laughs> I'm trying my hardest. <sighs> okay, all right. Um, <laughs> and the other bombs that happened midweek. Oh, um, this is the sad one. Yeah, this, this is the one I don't like. At well, all. Matt, um, sectional resident, he kind of reported on it first before anyone else before I even saw it. So I'm gonna give him credit for this. Um, Kyle Vinter, the captain this past year, is retiring, mm. and I gotta say, man, it. I, one hand, I understand why, 
because everything that's happened this year, you know, was it just like that that thing of because let's be real, like you're a lower league professional soccer player. You're not making you're not making enough to probably live comfortable. Yeah. And something else probably came along that made him be more comfortable or he was just like, you know what? I'm ready to go coaching. So I, I don't like I'm, I'm speculating here, but I don't know the exact reason why. But whatever the reason was, I'm pretty sure it's a good reason, and I wish him the best in his retirement. I mean, honestly, with having him in that back line, man, we saw improvements in a lot of players that last year we didn't even know if they were even gonna like be here, be good enough to be part of this team. Yeah, you know, and he, he settled a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, it's 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 tough for me. I just it's one of those things where it feels like we missed out because because of the fact that we didn't have a full coherent season. Um, if we had had a full coherent season from you know March to November, and we had a full that that full period of time where it was all about the kickers. I think this wouldn't have hurt as much, but it's like we got robbed of an entire season and then he's retiring. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Because I, I do feel that you can say that if we had a full season without COVID interfering, we're not having a lot of the injuries we had. Some injuries that we would have had would have had time to re- those players would have had time to recover before the end of the season and would have been back playing before the end of the season. I mean, it, it things have been because everything was so crunched up into a quick season, it took away from that journey. It took away from going through spring, summer and most of fall of watching this this kickers team develop into what we were already so anticipatory about when we saw the preseason. But, you know, like like you said, um, kudos to him. I mean, he, he was a great servant to the club in this, in this past yeah. year. He, he was a rock in the back. And, I mean, to best, best of luck to him in his retirement, and we wish him the best. Yeah, most definitely, man. It's going to be weird that... Seeing him in that backfield anymore, so yeah, gonna have to hit the market. <laughs> we'll see because, if we can get out because, of I, in my opinion, especially with the way Yvonne has improved, Yvonne and Wahab wouldn't be a bad duo at all. Yeah, I gotta, but we can't just stick with just those two because if one of them get hurt, we're in deep trouble. So, <laughs> you, like, so you ready to get into our uh, season wrap up? Let's do the season wrap up. Right, <laughs> so, um, first and foremost, thank you to everyone that filled out um, our survey form. We had a lot of responses back. Um, so, we want to say thank you to you guys, most definitely. Um, so, we're going to start off. Most improved player this year. I'm going to let you go first. Yeah. Yvonne. Yvonne. Any reason why? Or just, you're just going to say the name twice? The, just be like, no, the, the reason is because, <laughs> first of all, we need to remember last year and... How much you were ragging on Devon. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep breaking his own. <laughs> we need to leave things in the past or where they were. No, but I'm just saying. But it, at the end of the day, we can say that it was rightfully so because he was not performing 
at the level that he would need to be for the team to yeah. do well, for him to do well in the back. But the turnaround that we got this year, even watching him in preseason, I was like, okay, he's looking a little better. And then when the season started and he was just solid back there, it was like, is this the same guy? <laughs> is this the same guy we were talking about last season? But he definitely has improved. He's become more responsible as a center back. He is, and he's he's got the pace, the power, the strength, and he and he's using it a lot better now. He's been using it so well this season. And like you said, Venter and Magales, best center back duo in USL. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Period. <laughs> like you said last week, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> um, I mean, same sentiments here. I go with Yvonne. Um, the fans voted Yvonne. Yeah, Yvonne as well. Slide, pretty much. Yeah. Look, the guy. He did a complete one eighty. He did. He, he, and I can't wait to see what he does next year. I hope we can hold on to him because you know there is you know someone might be sniffing around and be like, hey, look, I can take him. You know. Well, I'd, I'd rather they didn't. <laughs> All right, who you got? Player of the season. Player of the season. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say Terzaghi. I mean. Goal scoring machine. The what he brought to our midfield and attack is something that is is a big deal. And it's, it's funny because we um, when we played Tormenta uh, after that game, you and I got to talk with Daniel Jackson, and he was talking about how the, I mean the way he finds space. Yeah. The the way he he. He occupies that space on the field. You always have to be watching him because he just pops up everywhere. Just the way he played. I mean, I know, yes, he won the golden boot. But apart from that, what he brought to the team, apart from scoring goals, was is untouchable. Yeah. Untouchable. I mean, the fans had Terzaghi in a one-way vote. For me, it's, I, I'm going to agree. It's, it's Terzaghi. Like, the guy <laughs> is the golden boot winner for this year uh, with 10 goals. My only negative to that is that no other kicker had no more than two goals. Yeah. So if there's something to be improved upon, which we're going to get into later, yeah. it's that aspect. No other kicker had no more than two goals. But, I mean, Terzaghi, for what he was, for what the early preseason prediction was of him, and what people thought he was going to be, like, I mean, it took us halfway to the year to realize that Terzaghi wasn't this 30-year-old Argentine. He was kind of young. Yeah. And, you know... How is he going to come from Argentina? How is he going to play? How is they going to fit him in the system? He blew all that away. Oh, he, all that he away. Definitely anymore. did. Um, so he's definitely our player this season, and he was voted by the fans as being the Red Army, um, you know, MVP. Yes. So we're gonna get into the next one. Who are your top five kickers players for this season? Top five kickers players for me. Um... I would definitely say, of course, Terzaghi, Venter, Ivan, uh, Riley, and I'm going to have to say Scotty. Okay. I'm going to have to say Scotty. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you the reasons for all of them. Of course, we already gave the reason for Terzaghi. We already know that Ivan and, and, and uh, Kyle are the best center back duo. In USL. I'm going to put so, you on a two-minute minimum. But <laughs> going on to Riley Craft, 
his creativity in the midfield, what he brings with set pieces, um, the way he he plays. He plays almost like a Pogba with an N'Golo Kante engine. You know what I mean? Like, he has that ability to, to find those passes in the midfield, to connect the play. But like N'Golo Kante, he's everywhere. And he's in the midfield. He, he's not going to give the opposition time in the midfield. And I just I enjoy watching that, watching him, you know, be just like kind of like a, a, a pit bull in the midfield as well as providing creativity and set pieces. And Scotty, I'm sorry, it's it's the death crosses, the the fact that he took so much he, he, he took so much offensive responsibility in getting up the field, overlapping, crossing the ball, getting involved with the attack, but he was still a defensive force as a fullback. He was still able to provide a lot of defensive cover. I think he has had about two or three, maybe even four, like, goal line save blocks, mm -hmm. you know. And, and as a fullback, you usually get one or the other, not both at this level. So I have to say Scotty for my last one. All right. So you want me to give you the fans ones first or you want me to give you mine? Um, let's go to the fans one and then we'll go, right. go, go for you. So majority of the fans had Terzaghi, they had Aqu uh, Aqu Antley, Avon, Kraft, Bodok, and Fitzgerald and Flack kind of were like second in between. So yeah. it's pretty much how it worked. Now, for me personally, I'm going to go Antley just be how much he dep how much he was important to our offense and the defense. Like his slide tackles were amazing. And I felt like that was something that we really missed down in the stretch. Like, it, yeah. like we said again. That Union Omaha game was a dual-edged sword. Like, we won the battle, but we lost the war. Yeah. Because ever since we lost him, we didn't beat another team outside of OCB. And we have Ian Antley back there, the familiarity with that. Yeah, and that goes, back, that goes back to what I was saying about if COVID doesn't happen, he has that injury. By the end of the season, he's back. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> and then also, like, his slot tackles were... There were like the beginning of the year, I was like, he's going to get a red card. <laughs> and then by the end of it, I was like, oh, he slides up? Oh, he got the ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, no, he no, got the ball. He's one of those. It's, it's, it's and, and the, the ones that are the best, and I know some people like those slide tackles where, you know, they just, you just get that ball out oh, and no. you take so, out the dude. He Mine has, are my the, the favorite slide tackles are the ones where the player goes in for the slide, attacking player goes over. And the the defending player stands up and has the ball at his That's all I'm going to say. And off that's, we go. That is, the, <laughs> that is the Ian Antley tackle. There's so many times he slid tackle someone, he'll just pop up with the ball and then play in the field. Yeah, and it's not like he hit the ball away. He just stops the ball, the player goes flying over him, yeah. and he stands up and the ball's right there. So, I have Ian Antley. I'm also going to put in there um, Ivan, like we said already, most improved player, not yeah. only in the team, but in the league, in my opinion. Yes. He improved so much. Riley Kraft. Um, real quick, let me give you the stats of him on why I have him in. Mm -hmm. He was uh, he had four assists in the team. No other kicker had more than one. Yeah. He also, uh, along with Boduk, had 19 chances created. Boduk had 17. Mm -hmm. He was second in the team in shots. Terzaghi had 39. Kraft had 19. And he was tied for fifth in USL League 1 with crosses with 68. 
He was pretty much the engine of our midfield. He was, yeah. <laughs> Second player I'm going to go, I mean, next player I'm going to go with is Terzaghi, golden boot winner. Guy scored our goals, and Enough he said. was. <laughs> <laughs> should be said. Lastly, enough, I'm going to go with the guy that I said that I was be looking for this year. It's Victor Black, the sweetest parallel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. He liked the tweet, so it means it's true. <laughs> 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 he is the sweetest parallel. I mean, first of all, he's the Richmond Kicker's first, to my knowledge, um, like, homegrown product. Like, mm-hmm. homegrown in the sense of, like, he didn't come from, like, D.C. United, got low down to us, or, like, mm-hmm. he didn't play for another. Like, he was in our system, came to play here for us. Like, yeah. he's ours. You know, and he played, I think, every minute of every game. Well, I don't I remember so. him getting subbed out. Maybe he got subbed out once. Maybe he's got subbed out once or twice, but he mostly he played. I would say he's played almost every, entire every game, almost every game. And I mean, look, also, the FC Tucson game on the road where he get the last second header so many times. Like, he's done, a, like, he does the dirty work that allows Kraft to have, like, these chances created and things yes. like that. He's 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 that that engine number six, yeah. like that that number six that is going to like you said do the dirty work, like put in the tackles, put in the the, the blocks, and 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 win the ball back, get scrappy, and then he gets the ball, and then it's like all right, here you go, Riley, let's go do something. Yeah. So that that's my five. Um. So we're going to the next question, which is. What seven players are must-keep for Richmond next year? So, the way how I want you to think about this question is, going into next year, mm-hmm. you know, what are the first seven players you want to see re-sign back that lets you know, like, okay, we're, we're making this push again? Yeah. Um, or you could think about, like, who's the back... Well, I had Kyle on the list. We all had Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, uh, out of the responses from the fans, I think most of them had Kyle. So, yeah, a lot of us had Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, I would, I would definitely want Ivan back, especially with his form, his uptake in form. If that form continues to go up, let's keep him so it can keep going up with us, and then it doesn't keep going up with us having to deal with trying to score against him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yes, definitely Yvonne. Um, Antley and DuBose, I definitely think those two we need to keep. Okay. They provide some ridiculous pace at fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley Craft, the creativity he provides. Terzaghi. If we can, that's that's a tough ask because I know a lot of eyes are going to be on him now. Um, I would say Fitzgerald, definitely we need to keep him and we need to get another keeper as an understudy so that after next year, we have somebody who can take that mantle. I personally think that we need one more year of Fitzgerald. I, we need one more year of Fitzgerald because if we don't have one more year of Fitzgerald, who do we have? To go between the sticks. Not really anyone. And then you don't want to just grab another player from somewhere, buy another player from somewhere, and then now he has to fit into the system. You get another young, understudy goalkeeper for next year to work under Fitzgerald and learn how to play 
keeper for the Richmond Kickers from the guy who's been doing it, and then he can pass that mantle on after next year. Um, that leaves me with one more, right? Yeah. Mm, this is tough. I'm about to say Matt. Matt Baldu. Because his energy, his grit, his aggression is something that we definitely need. Absolutely need on the team. Um, I, I feel that there is still improvement with, with, with Baldu. He, he still has more that he can learn, more that he can improve in his game. And if he adds that to what he already has... And with all those other guys I said staying, we're looking dangerous next year. We're looking dangerous. So, for me, mine's about to get a little spicy. First and foremost, Terzaghi. I think he's key to what Darren Zawadzi wants to do attacking-wise. Yes. Secondly, I'm going to go all Alex. For what we saw from him, the flashes of what he can do, and if he gets a full year underneath his belt, and let's be real, like down the end, he was starting to score. Yeah. So you figure like goals once he starts going, yeah, once he starts going, it's going to click. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I have, I mean, thirdly, I'm going to go Victor Flat. Um, I think he's really important to also what Darren wants to do in the midfield. Mm-hmm. I liked a lot what I saw from him as well. Raleigh Kraft, we already talked about enough about him, but I think he's a very important piece Definitely. as well. I'm a Avon because I, in my heart of hearts, I really think I think Wahab might leave. And once again, this is speculation. I just think like two years here, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go and try and make that next step. Mm-hmm. You know, now with Kyle retirement, it kind of changes around things, but <clears throat> I can I can see him stepping away. Um, that's fine. Scotty, because I can see Scotty being the captain. Oh yes. I can oh, yes. see Scotty being a captain. Um, and then Ian Antley. Ian Antley. Just because of the upside of him. Out of all our fullbacks, is the highest. And he is the youngest, I believe. Yeah. So. But the thing, the reason why I would put DuBose ahead of Scotty, because I was thinking of Scotty, but my thing is the way we've played. Requires pace on the wings. Yeah. Requires a lot of pace on the wings, and we had it with Bolanos. We had it with um, Matty B. We had it with Mawape. Those players can move and they can fly down the wings. But what makes it even more dangerous is when those players can cut inside, and you have just as fast, if not faster, players flying in, overlapping. In the in the likes of Ian Antley and Dubose, because I remember when we were watching preseason games before pre COVID. Oh my goodness! When we saw Ian Antley and Dubose taking off, running for the first time, I think both of our jaws dropped. We were like, "Whoa!" Because I mean, <laughs> I'm always gonna remember that play where that ball was switched across to Cuomo. He's as he's getting it off his chest. Ian Antley is probably twenty yards back from him, and he asks him to send the ball from there. Cuomo grabs it off his chest and doesn't even let the ball hit the ground and just hits it past. And I'm thinking to myself, that's way too early. Whoa, no, he got there. <laughs> just the way Ian Antley just flew past us, 
and just knowing that timing, knowing that I can make that run, I can get in behind. It's just, that's just one of those things that is extremely deadly. And I just feel that you're, you're, between those three fullbacks, it's like, you don't know who to pick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why I feel like we need at least one more. We need at least one more so we can, you know, maybe pair Ian Antley with Scotty and DeBose with the other one and just keep rotating them in and out so that we always got pace. But... <laughs> All right, so we're going to go into our next question, which is Defensive Player of the Year. The fans picked Ivan, but finish up right behind them was Ian Antley. Yeah. Who you got? I, and I, I, I agree. I agree. And I think the reason why... Um, Antley kind of fell a little short is because of the fact that of the of the injury and the fact that he didn't finish out the season and and I think it it's very difficult to 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 do that because of the fact that you saw what happened afterwards but we also need to take into consideration that the amount of goals we were allowing didn't really increase when Ian Antley got injured so what he brought, he what he brought defensively, we were able to kind of paper over, but what he brought in the attack is what was killing us that we didn't have anymore. So I don't know if that could be considered as defensive player of the year if what he brought the most, what was the most valuable out of him was what he brought to the attack. So So I'm saying I'm gonna have to say Yvonne sneaks it for me just past the end. So, I'm going to disagree with you completely. I'm going to go with Ian Antley just because when you look where Ian got hurt, where our defensive record was and how many goals we let in was very good. I think we were letting in less than a goal a game almost. Mm-hmm. Once Ian got hurt, you remember what game was that following weekend? Yeah. Revs 2, 0 4. Yeah. Then North Texas, 2 1. South Georgia, Chattanooga. Now, the reason why I'm going with Anley is because a lot of the moments that happen defensively, if you have a proper fullback there, it gets played a lot differently. You get what I'm saying? I, I agree. Yeah. But gets, what you also need to think about the fact that I don't think it's just Ian Antley's injury that caused that. It's oh, the no, fact no, no. that Ian Antley's gone and we didn't have yeah, the Yeah, we didn't have anyone else. We didn't have the bows to put in for him. Yeah. You know, so it's like... Who's gonna play right back? Yeah, <laughs> we just just throw anybody in there. At I wonder right how back. that conversation went with Darren and Daddy. Like I bet Darren just walking the back and be like, "How you feel about right back?" <laughs> yeah, he played it all year. But I how you feel? I can see Darren being so pissed off when Ian got injured, and he's like, "All right, we're just gonna put in the." Debu- <laughs> I feel like Thanos wanted to stab his fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I go with Ian Anley. I just felt like defensively we went, we took a step back. And I yeah. feel like when we had Ian in there, I think first and foremost, the goal against South Georgia does not happen. Yes. The goals against Chattanooga doesn't happen because I feel like if you have him in there, he knows he has a better understanding of what to do with the back line. I don't. I don't think it, it was that. I think it was more so because we had players who weren't natural fullbacks playing on that side. A lot of the goals that were scored on us, the ball's coming from that side, and causing our center backs to have to shift over, causing Scotty to because there were a lot of goals that were scored behind Scotty because Scotty had to tuck in so far because the center backs had to move over yeah. because. The right back was not experienced enough to play right back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so like, it's Mikaletto's like goal. But that's um, what I'm saying. Like teams knew, like, all right, 
attack that side, and then and as then, they shift, switch it across. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, and if you had if you had Ian there, it doesn't get played like that because they're not like, all right, well, attack that side, and Ian takes care of it. <laughs> you know? So that's that's why. Yeah. Um, offensive player of the year. It's not much to say, man. It's Terzaghi. I will say man. this though: Luke the vote got a vote, and whoever voted for Luke, I, I love could, you. I couldn't <laughs> understand why you voted for Luke, and it's funny because literally, I, I was coaching a game today, and after the game that I coached today with my U twelve boys, um, there was a game afterwards that had a girl who um, I coached at Own Touch mm-hmm. Central, and I was talking to her dad, and. We were talking about how she plays the number nine as well for her team. And talking about how she needed to get used to the fact that judging her performance wasn't by goals. And I I brought up Luke. Because Luke was that number nine that you don't have him in there to score goals. You have him in there to hold up play, to to initiate the press, to, 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 you know give defenders a hard time when the ball comes to them. And and he did such a fantastic job of it all season. He did, he's like he didn't need to he's like I didn't need to score goals to perform well. Because I mean he had goal scorers around him. He had Tozaki, you had you have players like now that that came in later like O Alex Anderson and and you know Matt Boldo coming in from one side, Mawape. You had players that could score goals. And if he had been healthy throughout the season, maybe even Stanley Alves. But with what he's able to do as a almost like a target striker of sorts, even though he wasn't like he's not a giant, so he's not your typical target striker. But his strength, his aggression, he brought something different that a lot of teams didn't really know how to handle, how to deal with. Yeah. I mean, you know why I love Luke. He's a bulldog. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> he's a bulldog, man. And even the last game against Chad, even though he has never probably played fullback this year at all, I mean, he put in a shift. Like he 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 left everything out there. Yes, and that's what I love most about Luke, man. He'll give you anything that he can. All right, so now we get into the fun part, moment of the year. So these are what we consider to be like. You know, the one movie you're always going to remember for this year. Um, I'll let you go first. I was going to let you go first. Which if, moment? <laughs> if, if it wasn't for the past couple games, I probably would have said Ian Antley's cross against Revs. Because that, that I remember, oh my goodness. <laughs> Yo, the curve of that bad boy. <laughs> but I'm sorry. The way, oh, Alex Bodied that dude. <laughs> oh, the way he bodied that player from OCB. And then to talk, no, it's not just the strength to just shrug a center back off of you like that. But just then to turn around and take on two more players and score. I mean, I to me that was that was the moment of the year for me. Because yeah. I mean at the end of the day. I'm I'm usually and it's strange because I'm usually a fan of team goals, usually a fan of you know open play like pass, 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 overlapping runs and and different movements off the ball that create a goal. But just the way he handled that situation, man, hats off to him. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say that that was my moment of the year. Um, for me personally, I would say the Terzaghi goal against Fort Lauderdale. 
just the way how where he shot it from, and before that he missed the PK and me standing in section watching him score that goal. And, and you you know me, man. I love it. <laughs> When you get that ball that has the goalkeeper just hanging in minute, like he almost like floats. Yep. It it was amazing, man. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, but there's someone on here said pretty much taking the field on open today. It was a bit of bit of normalcy in a world that was kind of just all messed up. And that is yeah. very true. Like I, I remember back in March and July, we were doing podcasts watching old games and like we don't know if we're gonna have a year. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if we're gonna have a season. I remember watching, you know, the watching the RVAFC, the Swansea game that we won, uh, and and the going back to the to the U.S. Open Cup uh, victory. It, 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 that that was a good shout because you do feel that it's like I don't know. Just what what's next? What what are we actually going to be doing? And to to be able to be like, all right, home opener, we're it's back. Like at least there's some we're going back to normal. We're, we're on our way back to. Yeah, it's a small normalcy. step, and we're not look. We're not anywhere near close to where normal is. Yeah, this is our PSA. Please remember wear your mask over your mouth and nose. Yeah. Have hand sanitizer on deck with you. Be safe out in the streets. Yeah, wash your hands as often as possible. Yeah, like. <laughs> It it was that moment of like, I feel like things are getting back. Getting now. back to normal. It was, it and was and, cool. and I I think one thing that made it hit home even more is that before then during the the, the unsure time of whether we we're gonna have a season or not, you had a lot of people saying that this is gonna be the new normal. This is gonna be the new normal. And in my head, I was thinking like, no, it can't. This, this we can't have this be the new normal. Like this is we are turning like. It, it, it's gotten to the point where humanity had become so social to the point where literally you get on your Xbox or your PS, your, your PlayStation, and you are playing a game along with someone halfway across the world. Like, we had gotten to such a social level and to literally snatch all of that away and say, you can't touch anyone. You can't go within six feet of anyone and that's the way it's going to be from here on out. That It's like... That this is this a world worth living in? You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 it's, and to be able to feel like we're going back to games, we're we're actually able to go to the stadium and watch our team play. It, it made you feel like we okay, were socially distanced. Yeah, let's course, put that out there first. Of course, of course we're socially distanced, and and uh, any step back towards normal normalcy is going to be gradual. It's going to be a gradual. We're gonna because. It, with a pandemic like this, you've got to go back gradually. You can't just be like, all right, next day, everyone back to... No. <laughs> so... <laughs> some states that think that's how it happened. <laughs> Miami Beach. <laughs> I'll never forget that photo, man. I was oh so my goodness. On. I looked at that, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> but yeah, man, like, I totally get your point because it was like, for me and Electa, like, we're both teachers, so it's like, we stay in the house. Yeah. For large parts of the week. For you and your wife, like, Unless you're at work, you're in the house large parts of the week. Exactly. So it was kind of like, it was great to be able to get out of the house, be social for a little bit, while being safe. And to my knowledge, like, I also got to give the kickers a round of applause here because, to my knowledge, no positive COVID tests from staff or players, no super spreader event in the stadium. Like, and even though we had our own issues with RMC, I'm thankful for them about how they were enforcing the mask wearing and walking up and down, 
Because in some stadiums, they weren't doing that. It was pretty much you just wear, wear your stadium walking in. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was kind of like a free-for-all. Yeah. Where, you know, you crop spare all of them. Like, they were making sure, like, there was enough hand sanitizer stations around the stadium. Yeah. There was, like, six-feet markers throughout the stadium. And it just, it felt great. It felt safe. Um, and that kind of alludes to our other question of, like, how would you rate the kickers handling of COVID? And all of them were, like, eight, nines, tens, like, the kickers did a great job. They did with handling COVID. You know, once again, to my knowledge, there was no recorded incident of a super spreader event. Yeah, or any players on the team catching COVID, or any staff members catching yeah. COVID. So, so th- that's that's the thing that that really shows that the kickers handled things very very well is the fact that we didn't get any players to that that tested positive for COVID. Um, there weren't any incidents where you were hearing on the news that, yeah, someone who was at a Richmond Kickers game caught COVID. And because, because like you said, it was so well handled. It was meticulously and accurately handled to the point where I was like, yeah, this, this is how you, <laughs> the rest of USL, this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the next question. What are your top three upgrades needed for next season? So I'm going to go with the fans on first. Um, a lot of the fans said midfield, depth, and need for a second second striker. What you got? Um. So when when they're saying they say midfield and depth in general, no. Well, um, upgrades so in midfield. Upgrades in the midfield. Uh, how improve, so? Improve depth, and then having I mean, a second striker. And, but that's the thing. Like in in the midfield, we have Terzaghi playing the ten. Who is won the golden boot and has is is a master creator in the midfield. We have Riley Kraft, who is a set piece specialist, um, a, a a ball winner, a, an aggressive player who knows how to find passes, and then you have Victor, who is a a definitely a relentless number six. I. Don't think we need to, any upgrade to that midfield three. I really don't think there's an upgrade needed for that midfield three. Depth, yes, we definitely need some depth. And in terms of the midfield, I don't think we need that much depth. We have Cuomo, we have uh, Greg Bain, we have um, uh, Mumbai. We have players that can fill in for those spots. Of course, I don't think there's anyone on the, on the kickers that can fill in man for man with Terzaghi because of how great he is, but. In terms of those other two midfield spots, we have players that can fill in and do just as good of a job. Maybe a different type of job, but just as good of a job. So I don't think there's any upgrade that needs to happen with the midfield. In terms of depth, we definitely need depth in the fullback and center back positions. We have plenty of wingers. We have O'Alex, we have Bolanos, we have Matt Bolduc, we have Moape. That's four wingers already. And David Diazzo has put in a shift on the wing as well. So I think with five wingers, I think we're okay on the wing department. A second striker, definitely. We definitely need a second striker because we see what happened with... Um, it, it works pretty good with Luke Pabone playing as like a false striker of sorts. But then when you need someone who's, who's going to be able to finish in that number nine position... And Stanley Alves spent the entire season literally recovering. It, it, it's kind of hard. You definitely need another striker. So 
I agree with the last one. I agree with the second one. Not sure where they were going with the first one. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> so, do you have a, sec- a third one you want to put in? That's besides midfield depth? Um, like any upgrades you want to see? It's, it's like what I had said with regards to players we need to keep. I think we need to get a quality second-tier goalkeeper. Okay. An understudy. So, a ba- so okay. I, I a guess. quality backup goalkeeper who can take the mantle after next season. Okay. Right, I see that. Um, yeah. So, for me, I am going to go depth. Um, I think you're going to have upgrade depth. I mean, no team stays the same from one year to the next. Yeah. And I think we can do with improved depth. Center back, um, maybe the fullback spots, but I think fullback is the least concerning place of depth. Midfield, I can see it. Um, Cuomo and Mumbai, they were good players, but I don't know if they could. I don't see them surpassing uh, Victor or Riley. Well, that's the thing. You don't really need them to surpass them because they bring something different. Cuomo is a a different type of number six than Falk is. So I would say this. For me personally, for the midfield, Cuomo and... Mumbai kind of they they're both CDMs. Yeah, Victor is a center mid that can play CDM. Flack is a, a center mid that can go either way. He can be attacking. He can be defensive. Yeah, I think personally, we need to get another player in that midfield that is attacking. If so, if this if Sawaski's plan is to push Chizagi up top, if he if his plan is to bring Chizagi into the At midfield, the yeah, yeah, then I think you need to have another player that replaces Zeb. Because Zeb was supposed to be that like-for-like switch for for Chizagi. Because remember the game that he got hurt in, he came in for Chizagi and kind of did the same role. Yeah. So if Zeb doesn't come back, then get another well, player. Well, I mean, Zeb. that's the thing. We have Zeb as well. I mean, at the end of the day, we've got a long time before the next season starts. I mean, and we do, we'll but just injury-wise. I mean, of course, <laughs> injury-wise, but you have... You're fighting me on this. No, I, I, I don't. I really don't feel that we need any more in the midfield because at the end of the day, you have Falk who can play, uh, who can play the six like N'Golo Kante, and you have Cuomo who can play the six like Busquets. That's two different type of sixes, and we have the option of both. But what we're saying is, I understand what the fans are saying in terms of depth because there was a lot of times last year, like not last year, I'm saying last year, like this season just, just ended a week ago. <laughs> A lot of times this season where it was like, you can see crap that are getting tired. Mm-hmm. And I think about it in terms of like, when you're a coach and you know like, all right, my star player is getting tired, but I can't put in this other guy because he's not at that level. So I'm thinking about it in terms of like, all right, in the off season, if we get one more midfielder, if we get another fullback and my, you know, and another striker, then I think the kickers are in a better spot because, like you said, striker as well. We need an improvement there. True, but then you 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 gotta get that balancing act because you get too many midfielders, then you get some disgruntled disgruntled. Oh players. yeah, no no no. You know, like once again, I think the main one for first first and foremost, go get another center back because right now you only got two in the roster. Yeah, we need at least one more center. Go back. get another striker. We need another fullback because we saw what just having three fullbacks did for us this season. Well, yeah, we literally true. just had three. What Scotty, else? Ian and um, you still got Hassan, huh? You still got Hassan, Pinto. True, but so I mean he, he can't. I mean he came in, he played. That's what I'm saying. Like 
I don't think Darren was throwing him in there. I think he's a signer for the future. I don't think okay. he was signing for this year. So and then the next year, that yeah, that's fine. Four. Yeah. yeah, so go get the center back. Go get another striker because, like we would say all year, we need so, an actual an out and out. Just I'm here to put the ball in the back of the net. I that's, got and hold up play. <laughs> yeah, hold up play. Um, so that's that. My second one. <laughs> I'm probably gonna catch some heat for this. If Fitzgerald doesn't re-sign with the kickers, I'm not going to be, like, mad. Mm-hmm. But if he does, I'm not going to be upset. Yeah. So, I think the thing with Fitzgerald, and my biggest problem this year was we didn't see the number of clean sheets like we saw last year. And the only knock on Fitzgerald, like, Fitzgerald is an amazing shot stopper. Like, I think mm-hmm. I wrote down the stat. Yeah, he had, he was tied number one in the league this year with 50 saves. Mm-hmm. Which is... Kind of good and kind of bad because if you save it that many times, things ain't usually working out. Yeah, well, and, and I think most of those saves came at, came after Ian Antley got injured. Yeah, and he's really stood on his head for us a lot. Yeah, my only problem with Fitzgerald is I feel like I know where you're gonna go. What? <laughs> Crosses. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's my yeah. only issue. <laughs> and I think like the older you get. The, and we all know the less athletic you can be. Don't get me wrong. Akira is a thousand times more athletic than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, if we bring in another goalkeeper to be like, look, you know, kind of push him. Almost with Man United bringing back Dean Henderson to push David De Gea. And we saw how David De Gea has responded to it. Yeah. I think it could be the same thing for Akira. Do I think Akira is a great goalkeeper? Yes. I don't think he has anyone pushing him. To be that next level. I, I mean, I think I think the, the whole thing with the crosses is you're going to get that with a goalkeeper that's not yeah, your that's average also goalkeeper true. height. Yeah. You know? Um, I think we had the same... I think the kickers on the, a while back had the same um, the same situation with... Um, oy, what was his name? Uh, why am I drawing a blank? Ronnie? There you go. Ronnie. With Ronnie, Ronnie Pascal? Well, yeah, with Ronnie Pascal, he was a short goalkeeper. I mean, he's he's a kicker's legend, but I think that was a, a part of his game that he struggled with because, I mean, it's it's the same reason why you send your center backs in on a corner kick and you drop your shortest player back to kind of play, keep in steward defense until the defense gets back. Because, I mean, what's the point of having a short guy in there muscling and trying to win a ball in the air? So it's the same thing for a goalkeeper. So that's why I feel that, I mean, I think it's something we're just going to have to deal with again for one more year because I do feel you get a better transition of a goalkeeper when you come in, you play second goalkeeper to the main guy while you're learning the system, while you're understanding the defense, while you're understanding your teammates. Then the following year, Akira hangs it up and says, there you go. Now you do it. And now, and now it's easy for him to jump right in because he's been playing a whole season with them. It, at least training a whole season with yeah. them. So, so yeah, that, I think that's uh, must be your favorite. And then my last one. Oh, man. I, I want to see Darren have a plan B for certain situations. And that's that's where the second striker comes into play. Well, not, I'm not talking about this. Well, yes, yeah, second striker, but also as defensively because we saw the hot press. Mm-hmm. But when the hot press isn't working, we never really saw the lockdown, low-block defense from him either. Yeah. To initiate clean sheets. It's kind of just like... I think with a longer season, we would have seen it. Because I think that is what 
Cuomo and Mumbai were there for. Yeah. Because they, those two players can really protect the back line. The way they play, they are definitely able to do that job of protecting a back line. Falk is a pressing number six. If your team is pressing, that's the number six you want in there. When you want to sit back in a low block, you want either Cuomo or Mumbai. And so I think he does have plan B. I think the plan B is needed for the attack. At the end of the day, we need to be able to switch. Between. I don't want to see Terzaghi playing the number nine anymore. Honestly. Personally. Wow. I want him as a 10. He okay. is a great 10. You put a decent striker in front of him, he is, he's going to lead in goals and assists next year. If you put a decent striker in front of him, I guarantee you. Because that's the type of player Terzaghi is. He can, he can create from deep. But... When you are up the field, if you want a striker, you need someone that you may need to cross the ball to. We've got Scotty. We've got Matt. We've got Ian. They can cross the ball beautifully. Do you want them crossing the ball to Terzaghi or Stanley? I mean, who's... Who, <laughs> you understand what I I will mean? say this. Terzaghi has a headed goal. Uh, yeah. Well, he has two. Yes. He has I two. Understand, I understand he has two headed goals, but that is not because he's good. That's because the defense was Bad. In that situation... Look, he, he scored one against Greenville. And Greenville had the best Wide defense. open. I mean, hey, he scored oh, it. <laughs> I want to see a striker who can score a goal with a header, with a defender on him. That is what you need for a number nine. Terzaghi's never going to be able to do that simply because of his height. I mean, I agree with you on you know? the number nine. I, I would love to see Terzaghi play even further deep. So, That's why I was saying the death part of having someone to replace Terzaghi. So Tarzaghi now, what we need is a... You know the, you know how they used to have center back pairings when we when the the traditional formation was a four four two it was big guy fast guy we need a fast guy we have Stanley big guy we need fast guy I think the fast guy is oh Alex oh Alex is a winger though uh, I see for me I can see oh Alex as a winger if we're playing a team that's like it, it more wing back like you want to give him the one on one space but I can see oh Alex playing the striker. Like, I can see O'Alex playing up top versus a Bolognos. I think Bolognos is a winger. He's out and out. Yeah, he's a winger. I think O'Alex is a striker that can give you the winger capability if it's one-on-one. Like, if you if you see the match of, like, the North Texas game, for instance, and how me and you were pointing out, like, if you put O'Alex out there on that wing, he's taking advantage. He yeah. can't do that in this game because he's a fast guy and North Texas center backs are physically strong. Yeah. So that's when you need Stanley. That's yeah. when you need someone who can go toe-to-toe strength-wise yeah. with the center back. Like, Stanley's not giving you the winger aspect of it because that's not who Stanley is. Yeah. Because Stanley's game is, like, put the ball into me, I'll figure it out. Where yeah. Alex is, I'm beating you with pace and yeah. with move. Put the ball in behind and I'll beat him yeah. to it. Yeah. I, I think that's the difference between the two. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing. You want Stanley in there when a team is sitting back. You want O'Alex in there when a team is trying to press. Yeah. Because you, you because if you have O'Alex in there when a team is sitting back, that back line is way too close to the goalkeeper for O'Alex to be able to do anything. And that's when you move him out to the wing. That's, yeah, that's when you, you move, move him, him out one to the wing with the fullback. and you put Stanley in there. Yeah. Now you have Stanley in there. We're not putting the ball over his head for him to chase down. We're putting the ball at him for him to lay it off to yeah. someone running by. So, all right, we got that. Um... Let's go and get down to game of the season. It pretty much comes down to this. <laughs> you got the Henny Derby, the upset win against Greenville, and then the win against Union Omaha. 
I'm not going for the win against Union Omaha because ever since that game, nothing positive has happened. That's, that's when Ian got hurt. Um, I'm going to go with the Henny Derby. No reason to be explained. We beat a rival. We got the best trophy in sports. And it was our first home opener. I agree. I'm going to have to go with the Henny Derby as well. I can understand why people went for Greenville. That's the other trophy. <laughs> the health insurance the derby. health insurance derby. I should say this. The only trophy that matters in times of COVID. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> the only trophy so we won the Henny Derby and the health insurance derby this year. We won two trophies. Greenville only won one. <laughs> are you trying to claim this as a double? Because if you are, I'm really going to hate you. Hey, look. It's a trophy, isn't it? That's a double. <laughs> God. No, no, if Jose Maria has contributed nothing else to sports, <laughs> it is making any trophy you win multiple times be like, it's a double. <laughs> he contributes nothing else. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, for me, I think it was the Henny Derby. Um, I understand the upset against Greenville, especially with the way Greenville likes to oh, yeah. rolled and the league. Yeah. And for us to say that we are one of the three teams that beat them yeah. is a big deal. But the Henny Derby, man. The yeah, Henny Derby. It's, it's, it's all about the Henny Derby. <sighs> all right. So we're going to go into it. Um, way too early predictions for one player in the Richmond Kickers this year. Um a lot of fans are saying that they think, oh, Alex is going to lead the team in goals or that he'll score the most goals. Another one that kind of caught my attention was um, that we'll make the playoffs but lose in the final after beating Greenville at home. That was one that I was like, wow, that is. That's very specific. <laughs> that is exact to the point. <laughs> that's very. That's very specific. Yeah. Um, um, so what you got? What's, what's your way too early prediction? Um, my way too early prediction will be um, that we are going to – the goals will be a lot more spread out next year. The goals are going to be a lot more spread out. I think um, we have something going with O'Alex, with Bolanos. Bolanos, I think with him, it's a final product that just needs to be worked on. And – off-season is the best time to work on that. The off-season is the best time to work on your finishing, to work on, on that, that being more clinical in front of goal. Because everything else Bolanos has, he has the pace, he has the dribbling, he has the ball handling, he has, he has a decent amount of strength to be able to go up against a fullback. Um, so you're going to get goals from there. Mwape, I don't know why he didn't play as much as I would have expected him to play this season. But with a full season, I, I can see him... Uh, popping in more goals, uh, Matt, Matty B, it will get a few. Oh, Alex is obviously gonna get quite a few. Stanley, after having actually having a full preseason and being healthy and and remaining fit, I think he'll be able to pop in a few. Terzaghi's always gonna get some. He's always gonna get, and he. I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the the team leader in goals again next year with with what he can do. Um, so I think the goals are going to be a lot more spread out next year. Okay. I think that's my prediction. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to go, I will say this. Chizaki would not repeat his golden boot winner. He will have less goals than he had. So this year he had 10. I think he'll get around seven or eight next year, mm-hmm. but he will have more assists. That's why I said, that's why he's going to be playing 10. Yeah. This year he, had, he didn't have any assists. Yeah, I think he will have 
right around nine goals, but I say four or five assists. Yes. I think he'll have four or five assists next year. So that that's my way to other I think with that, I think that will put him into the MVP race. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um we we have a lot of players on this Richmond Kickers team that have the potential to be in the running for MVP next season. Yeah. Avon definitely has a has that opportunity as a center back. Um Akira can always pull some magic in goal. Yeah. Ian Antley back to, back to health is gonna be dynamite like he was at the beginning of this season. Um Riley Kraft you're going to see a lot more from him now that if he's going to have more options up front. And with Terzaghi playing closer to him, I see a lot of link-up play with those two. A lot of pretty link-up play with those two that, that's going to be, that's just going to put a smile on people's faces. Alright, so we get to the last question before you wrap up. Best nickname on the team. Um, the options were Mumu for <laughs> Wafe, uh, Strong style, Wahab Akwe, Babyface, Jonathan Bolognos, Popeye, Ian Antley, or Sweet Feet, O. Alex Anderson. That's, that's hard. I'm going to tell you mine right now is Sweet Feet. I'm, I'm, I'm torn between Sweet Feet and Popeye. <laughs> and it's funny because those are the top two when we look at yeah. the votes. Yeah. Between Sweet Feet and Popeye. But they're all good. They're all good. I like strong style. <laughs> Wahab. <laughs> if Wahab ever stops being a soccer player, I could definitely see him being an MMA. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, I would say between Popeye and Sweet Feet. All right. So yeah, because I, I, li- I like Sweet Feet, but that. That play against OCB kind of kind of made you made you feel like Sweet Feet ain't it. <laughs> no, it's Sweet Feet, man. The amount of tricks that boy got—he's got tricks. He's definitely done. He, he got tricks. He got tricks for days. Um, so the fans voted definitely was uh, Papa for Ian Ailey. I mean, he's Jack. Oh man, <laughs> he got guns. He got yeah. guns. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even Darren Darren was even saying like he could bench press a car if he had to. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't need to see that happen. All right. No, no. <laughs> so these are a couple of stats that uh, how the kickers went out this year. So I'm gonna read you one, and I want you to tell me how crazy it sounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Chattanooga Red Wolves led the league in yellow cards this year with 42. How many red cards do you think they got? I don't know. Probably like three or four. They had the lowest amount in USL League One. The lowest amount. How many red cards did they get? <laughs> um, so they had a grand total of zero. They did not have a red card all year. North Texas, on the other hand, how many red cards do you think they had? North Texas had three red cards, uh, tied for second most in USL League One. How many yellow cards do you think they had? Probably barely any. They had the fewest, 21. That's weird. <laughs> this this doesn't say anything about the teams. For me, this says a lot about the refing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but a team that has 40, what was it, 42? 42. A team that has 42 red cards. 
I mean, yellow cards in a season, and you have zero red cards, what are the refs smoking? That's almost three yellow cards a game. <laughs> That's almost three a day. Okay. So, uh, my, my thing is, I know people say, oh, well, you know, they, they know how to... No. Uh-uh. At the end of the day... I don't, I don't, uh-uh. Yeah. That doesn't make it's sense. It's a lot. Um, so a couple other stats to finish out. Um, Richmond Kickers had the third most goals in League One and six most shots on target with um, 195 mm. with a conversion rate of 50% tied for third in the league. So it was like we didn't have the most shots out of everyone, but our conversion rate was so good that we were third in both. So that's a positive. That's definitely something I think Darren's looking to improve on next year. I think... If Darren increases the number of shots, and granted, if we have a longer year, you know, you get more shots, obviously. But I think that helps out a lot. Um, this is one I think Darren is going to focus on a lot in this offseason. I think where we're talking about the depth, if there's any part that needs to have more depth put to it, is kind of like the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were seventh in USL with only three clean sheets. Yeah. In three. And so if Akira has the 50 saves, we're seventh in clean sheets. That's never a good recipe. That isn't, you yeah. know, that, that, let, that shows that, again, this goes back to the, the, um, the loss of Ian Antley um, and having that back line kind of be Frankenstein of source and basically having to make, have a makeshift back line, you, you're going to have those issues. You're going to have those problems because I don't think it has anything to do with the midfield. I think the midfield did a good job of trying to protect that back line. But that back line was in so much trouble because of the inexperience on the right side. Yeah. And that, that caused a lot of goals to be scored on us. A lot of games that should have we should have gone in clean sheets that we weren't able to. So, um, <clears throat> We were also tied for fourth with 20, 22 goals given up. A majority of those goals really came from... <laughs> I mean, granted, a lot of our scoring was either one nothing wins, one nothing losses... Zero zero or two one, either way. Yeah. Only, the only weird result was the 0-4 drubbing against New England. Yeah. So if you take those four goals out, you really only gave up eighteen. Yeah. On the year. Which isn't um, bad. Which isn't bad. No. In a sixteen game season, that's less than a goal a game. Uh huh. But it also goes back to like the number of clean sheets that we had. If you get, you know, most teams had anywhere. I think Greenville had the most out of anyone. So if you yeah. take Greenville out. Next most was like four or five. If Richmond's in that five to four range, you're you're in the you're top. looking at another point earned or a win. Yeah. For instance, you know, for like for instance, Chattanooga. Yeah. The Chattanooga game in the road. If we're able to keep a clean sheet in that game, that's three extra points. Yeah. You know, that's the difference in this. Um. So, passing accuracy was tenth in the league with seventy three percent. Near the bottom of the league, but I also I think that plays into what Darren's system is, which is high octane. It's counterattacking pretty much. Yeah. You know, we saw some of the eighty percent. When I think if Darren could get that percentage from seventy three, I think seventy eight is a better percentage. Yeah. Seventy eighty is to me someone that you're really looking to possess more. You're looking to yeah to move the ball move around. the ball around. You're trying to you're you're trying to pull an Arsenal yeah. or a Barcelona. But yeah. I think if Derek could get that passing percentage up, and I think if the midfield could be cleaner in their passes, also this also accounts for long balls, yeah. crosses, you know, diagonal mm-hmm. passes. If we're able to connect a little bit more of those, the chances open up more. Yeah, you know, players like that. So yeah, and especially those the diagonal passes, those are the ones that that can kill a team if they're done correctly. Yeah, most so. definitely. 
And to finish it out, um, Fort Wayne is coming in two years. So this is league news again. Fort Wayne is coming to USL League 1 in two years. 2021-2022, they're going to spend in League 1, build the infrastructure of the team, then move to League 1, which in my opinion, I think is a smart idea. Very smart. Yes. I love it. I think more teams need to do that. Like, there's no rush to move into League 1. Yeah. Let's be real. Take no, your time. Yeah, no team is winning prize money. It's not like if the kickers finish fourth, we get $100,000. You know, it, it doesn't even work out that way. So take your time. Build up the infrastructure of your team. Make sure that you can build your system of play. You know, do the things you want to do. Then move in. And I think more teams are going to do that. Because it saves you a little bit more in the long run. And you don't have to... You can build up, you know... To have that initial starting off for you, you don't yeah. run into the issues of being like a Lansing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. That's the first thing I thought about. Like, if Lansing had done that and worked their way up, you're looking at Lansing probably next year yeah. being I, in League One. And I can see more teams doing that, of whereas, like, because you don't know where COVID's going to leave a lot of teams financially. Exactly. You know, and like, even last year, we didn't even have COVID, but it was more the fact of. When you own a soccer team, you're going to be in the red because there's so many expenses. Yeah, there's a lot of expenses. And and, and I think Matt told us it wasn't until like year three or four is when you kind of start creeping out of the red. You kind of start hitting black. Yeah. So it's like... And so, and so that's two years of being in the red where you're not as financially taxed being in League Two. So now it's not as much on the club. So you can really build back up heading towards the, the, the black. So that probably by the time you finish your first season in League One, you're pretty close to getting into the black. Yeah. And then company's fine. So. And then also the other thing too, like Fort Wayne is an established so They come from UPSL. You have the established family, but now these two years you can kind of build that anticipation within the city. Mm-hmm. It's not like a rush job. you know. Yes, exactly. You can kind of build it up. So positive. kudos to them. Um, also, USL League One is looking to expand. You got Portland, Maine, which is in talks. Corpus Christi, uh, FC. Portland, Maine? Yeah, Portland, Maine. Good luck with that. Um, Corpus Christi, which is in Texas. Away games are going to be a pain. Unless the away games are all in July, then I'm I'm good. (laughs) 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 Let's go to to Portland in July. (laughs) Corpus Christi, I'm going to shout them out. I love them. One, because the owner's black. That's really it. Hey, hey. <laughs> black ownership to me is amazing. Um, and then New Hampshire is another one that's rumored as Ooh. well. Oh, dude, I haven't heard trying any... to turn New England into a hotbed. That's about yeah. three or four teams. I haven't heard anything about the West Coast yet. FC Tucson needs some love. They, they need they someone do. out there. They need they someone do. out there. They do. They're by themselves. Yeah. So, that is our season wrap-up, man. Anything from you before we close this out? Um, I'm going to say that even though it's disappointing that we weren't able to beat Chattanooga in order to technically have been in that finals, I'm going to say that this season was great. This season was was what the Kickers fans needed to see. They needed to see a team that was electrifying, that was um, never backed down. I think, we, how many comebacks did we have this season? We had quite a few. I want to say like three. Yeah, we had three I can think of at the top of my head. Three comeback wins in a season after years and years of the kickers always being a team that if you score against them quickly, early, first, that you've won the game. And I think that the culture of the kickers on the field has changed a lot this season, and I'm excited about next season. I really am. Uh, Same here, man. Like, 
you said after the Chattanooga game, I was pretty much just like, even though this team felt short in the short term, like long term, like I'm excited. Yeah. Like, and I haven't felt that excitement as a kickers fan in a long time just because of the results hasn't always been there. Yeah. But the, the amount of players we have here, what Kosawatsi is doing, you know, it, it's amazing. It is. And it, it is. makes you feel as if, like, I'm, I've always been proud to be a kicker fan, but it gives you that different level of excitement where it's like, I know this team now has a clear direction versus where last year, when we got the alert that Bulo was leaving, that Matt Spear was leaving the GM spot. We did have a head coach at the time, before, you know, before we learned about Darren, mm-hmm. and half the team was going to be let go. We were just like, well, where do we go here? Go for now. <laughs> where exactly? Where to now? And especially, and this is shortly after, you know, Lee Kalashaw, you know, hanging up the hat yeah. and and being like, wow, okay, so now we're literally halfway through a season, giving Coach Bulow the job, and then you give him a full season. We're in a new league with new teams, with with a new system, uh, practically a new team. Uh, and then at the end of that season, all right, scratch it, Bulo's gone, and it's like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you were and, sure. and in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh no, not again, because I'm if, as a Manchester United fan, I'm like, this is this is the, the unsure direction all over again. Now for my local team, like this is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I mean, it looks like the kickers now have a direction. We have a direction we're going in. We have a style that we're sticking to. Yeah. We stick to that style. I think we're going to be fine. I think that the Richmond Kickers are going to always be a top contender in League One, and hopefully at some point move to championship. Yeah, we'll um, see. In the championship move. I have my own thoughts, but that's a podcast for a different day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just to close, out, I, I really, I think what the Kickers have here. I think what they want to do. They're moving in the right direction with it. I think they're doing things positive. I'm excited to see what happens next year and what we can do. But, yeah. So, I just want to say, Shanir, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today, man. Right back at you. All right, listeners, you can catch us at RiverCity93 on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, we would just say thank you to our sponsor once again for rocking with us the whole year for the culture. Beautiful Game Network, Rough Dash Scores, Icarus FC. We're going to take a little break from RiverCity93. Doesn't mean this is the last podcast ever, but... We need a vacation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, especially with a crammed season like that. We definitely do. (laughs) So, with that being said, guys, we'll holler at you later. Catch us on this side.